This is Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. Welcome to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. I'm your host, Melissa Rao, and this is a conversation inspired by Four Faith, a weekly devotion sent out every Friday. You can find a link to this week's Four Faith and a link to subscribe in the episode's description. Good morning, Bishop. Good morning. Based on 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 16 through 21. Yes. Your devotion this week is called Attentive. And based on the scripture passage in relation to your devotion, I'm assuming you spent some significant time with it. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it insp- I think it inspired some pretty cool insights on your part. So yeah. I think, I mean, new life is in sight, you say, yet it has a cost. And that cost is the willingness to shift our attentiveness to God. What more can you say about that? Well, I, I think that's it. Let's just wrap up this uh, <laughs> this episode. I think we're all done. Time to go home. No, no. I mean, you know, I just like anybody else, I'm not immune to 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 life as it is. Uh, just like I'm, just like everybody else, and it just occurs to me that, you know, our days, weeks, months are just made up of the things we choose to pay attention to. And uh, then we have to ask the, the question of ourselves, if we can zoom out a little bit in our quiet times, you know, what what might I be missing? Um, how might my habits be diminishing me? Uh, and maybe not even diminishing me, just just not allowing me to, jo- to enjoy, uh, you know, uh, a better version of my days, weeks, uh, months, or a better version of myself, or a better version of my relationships, uh, etc. So, I mean, it's not a mystical, magical concept. I mean, if we uh, put the screen down uh, and 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 take a walk, um, we increase well-being, uh, right? If if uh, you know, uh, if we uh, uh, decide to spend some time uh, with loved ones and uh, and maybe get our work-life balance under better control, then we are investing in relationship and are going to fortify that relationship. I mean, so I mean, it's a it's a pretty pedestrian idea. The good news is is that idea also works with God, and that and that if if we can if we are willing to shift uh, some of our attentiveness uh, to God and God's word and God's ways, um, then we experience well-being, but there's a cost. Yeah, there's a cost. Um, change is hard. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I yes, mean, of course. <laughs> and Well, here's the thing. I, I, I love what Richard Ward says. I, at least I've heard him say, people like transformation, but they hate change. People like transformation. They hate change. They, they're they're um, seduced by the idea of transformation yeah. and, and positive change. But all change, all change um, uh, actually produces loss. Yes. And it and, freaking hurts. And so, and so what we really don't want is loss, right? Um, that's what we re- really mean to say. I want change. I want transformation. I want some new positive thing. But I don't want to pay you know, for it in, in disruption, and I don't want to lose something. And of course, you know, one of the wonderful pieces of Jesus' example 
uh, is is that uh, new life comes at a cost. Resurrection comes at a cost. And there, there were nail holes and silence before there was the rejoicing of, of Easter. Yeah. And that is the rhythm. That is just the rhythm of life. All right. Well, you might be able to speak more into this then. You know how like Weight Watchers or Peloton or other weight loss solutions make working out or losing weight look fun and easy? Sure. Well, it's not. We all know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing though. I feel like neither is fully relying on God. And, no, it's not. And I feel like preachers can be nonchalant about it. And they say, you know, in the pulpit every week, like, oh, just do X, Y, Z, fully rely on God and you're good. And you can talk, like, I guess I'm wondering if you can talk about the pain one might expect when they choose to put God at the center of their attentiveness. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's, let's, let's think about, you know, one, one thing I like about Jesus, right. Of the many things I like about Jesus, Jesus is real cool about truth and advertising. Right. He says, take up your cross and follow me. Right. I mean, he, he encounters all kinds of people. And he says to them, you know, like to the to the for those who know scripture pretty well, to the rich young ruler, a story about a guy, a young guy who was really good at keeping all the rules. And Jesus said, cool, you've kept all the rules. Well done. Fantastic. You have fulfilled the law. Now, sell all your crap and come on. In other words, let's see what let's see how 2.0 goes for you. And the guy walks away sorrowful. In that story, it's not a it's not a sort of lambasting him for having wealth. It is um, sometimes we've got to do some new radical shift, and the cost of that shift is significant. Um, you know, I think one of the things we got to talk about is is that what do you want first, right? So if you don't have a real clear idea about what you want and and sort of regularly attend to it, it'll be easy to fall off the path. So if we want some new intimacy with God, if we want some new clarity about our life, if we want some abiding and abundant purpose, sense of purpose, right? So what we say in, in our faith community is, is that God is the best way to find any and all of that. If you want the healing that the world can't give, right? If you want all of that, then you know, we say that God is the absolute best at that. God does God's best work through all of the gray areas of life. Right. So that's the that's the ad. That's the billboard. Right. And so to 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 get to that, just like, uh, you know, all these other things is is a process, uh, an unfolding sense of uh, a commitment to reliance. Right. Uh, and, a, and a new focus and attention. And so so that's all we're saying. And that's all Jesus ever says is that, you know, follow me, he says. He says, abide with me. He says, go my way. Right. Uh, he says, go in the way that you should go. He says, love God and love neighbor. So all of these are wonderful prescriptions. So if we're going to do that, what are we going to have to give up? Well, we're going to have to decenter ourselves. That's number one in the biggest work. And that's our life project to take myself out of the center, right? Not because I'm not worthy and, and not because I don't have dignity. Of course I do. It's in fact, the best way to live that life, that uh, sense of worth, uh, wildness, if you will, uh, is to decenter yourself and put God at the center. That's the way the, the universe is hung. If we put God at the center, then there are all these wonderful benefits that accrue to us, uh, clarity of perspective, uh, a sober sense of ourselves, uh, you know, a healthy sense of ego that doesn't need to run roughshod over other people, um, a connectivity that extends to all the human family and even to all things created. So, so that's what we get if we decide to put God first. 
um, is we get, you know, this is the funny thing about it. Uh, God's promises is that in some ways, uh, in a lot of ways, if you put me at the center of your life, I'll give you yourself. I'll give you your, I'll give you a self that you never even imagined that you could have a healthy self that you couldn't have never imagined. That's the, that's the sort of paradoxical relationship that we're in with God. If you put God first, you get you. Uh, you know, I like to say, you know, when I talk about this kind of stuff, you know, uh, in the 70s, there was a group called Sly and the Family Stone. Uh, you know, Big Afro is an interracial band in the 70s, just a, a, an amazing musician. <clears throat> For those who are, who are young enough, Google them, Sly and the Family Stone. But Sly uh, and the Family Stone had a wonderful song. It's in the song, the, the sort of uh, hook in the song was, thank you for letting me be myself. And, and, and this is the relationship we find ourselves in with God, is, is that God, you can't, you can't develop a self that is totally sound and whole without God. This is, what, this is what we say in the faith community. You can't. The only most round, the most round sense and full sense, robust sense of you that you can achieve uh, has to incorporate God. God's ways, God's practices, God's mind, God's wisdom. Uh, that's how you find you. And so Sly and the Family Stone is, is you know, in some ways, uh, the most spiritual song there ever was, right? And so we just want to thank you, God, for letting me be myself. And, and again, you meet people in Scripture, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, where they have an encounter with Jesus. And they are basically saying the same thing through his healing, through his stories that release them into a new freedom and a new wholeness, they're thanking him, um, you know, for allowing uh, them to now discover their best self. <laughs> Y'all be, we'll be right back after a short break. Hi, listeners. Thank you for listening to Four People, a space of digital evangelism. You can keep up with us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. And now back to Four People. Bishop, at the end of your devotion, you said if we keep our attention on the life and teaching of Christ, then we'll be able to cut through the myths and the deceptions of the world. I'm wondering if you can highlight some of the world's more popular myths and deceptions that we should be aware about. Sure. Uh, you know, one of one of the biggest ones that, that is, you know, again, forefront, you know, at the forefront in our nation is this notion of race, right? So so white supremacy is a lie um, because it endeavors to put, you know, some of God's children above others of God's children. We never talk about uh, the harmful effects of white supremacy on white folks. And, and maybe that's a whole other conversation. Dr. King talked a little bit about this. So white supremacy is a lie. And so because, of, because it's a lie, it can have no real soundness, right? And it has, it has a corrosive effect. So white supremacy has a negative effect on white folks, right? Because it feeds them with a constant diet of superiority, right? Which is a lie, right? And then uh, white supremacy and racism also uh, is a lie because it feeds uh, the other part of the human family, those who happen to be of color, um, you know, a lie of inferiority, right? And so, and so, so how do we parse those deceptions? How do we, how, so, you know, my sense of, that I am made in God's image, and so are you, 
is is a perfect example of what we're talking about. Little girls, uh, you know, uh, are are force fed still to this day. You know, a diet of misogyny in the culture, um, or they are only their sexuality, or they are only their body, which is a lie, right? Um, they are, have so much more value and dignity and worth. Um, they have more value and dignity and worth than we than we pay them. Women still make. Uh, less money for the same work uh, in our country. Um, I mean, it goes on and on and on. There is a lie. There's there's the lie of scarcity that serves the sort of um, that serves the 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 the, ec- the economy in a particular way that keeps the haves having and the have-nots uh, in lack. Um, you know, we lie and we tell people that this is a so- society where you can just pull yourself up by your bootstraps, but we don't talk about the fact that some people in this country uh, are born without boots. And if they have boots, the boots have no straps. And that that has all been a part of, you know, our economic bias over many, many years. And so, so how do we manage this? Um, You know, we're recording here, you know, on Valentine's Day. Uh, And uh, obviously, this will be released sometime uh, thereafter. But on February 13th, the day before Valentine's Day, is, 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 uh, we remember the church remembers uh, the first African-American priest, and his name was Absalom Jones, Absalom Jones. It's actually, uh, his feast is actually the anniversary of my ordination to the priesthood. And I, I planned it that way because I, I'm so um, animated by his example, because he had to parse what an infant nation said about him. And, uh, and he had to parse uh, what the uh, Fugitive Slave Code said about him. And he had to parse, um, you know, what they said about his wife. And they, he had to, so how does he find grounding? How does he find a true north with all the lies and misogyny and racism and all this sort of stuff? How do, how does, how do we parse that, right? And, and the scripture is littered with examples of men and women who found a true north in God. They looked into God's face, that is to say, they looked into Jesus's teaching, they looked into scripture, they looked into what the prophets said about life and reality, and they decided that was true. And then they ran experiments based on what they believed in their heart was true, and their life began to get green and, and grew. And so, and so there are so many examples, uh, you know, uh, when you think about um, Dr. King in America, uh, you think about the fact that he was someone who said that if we focused, you know, on a just society, and if we made good on uh, the promises uh, of our republic, rather than overdependent, overdependent on militarism, then we would really, truly, then be uh, a city like a nation, a city on a hill. Um, but we focus on things and what we focus on says a lot about ourselves and what we really care about. Wow. Um, That's a lot to respond to. I know know, it it is too. And I want to respond to it. Uh, I, I actually don't know that I have anything more to say because I feel like you, you answered that question so, so well. Well, I think here, here, let's say this then. I, I think, I think, so how does one get to a place of clarity about deceptions you we might be participating in unwittingly 
right? And so even that question, uh, we run to God. And so what is prayer? Prayer is not just a place where I rattle off my laundry list of needs, petitions, et cetera. Neither is is it only the place uh, where I pray for others, and we should, and we should continue to pray for others. But it is also that place where we talk to God and say, God, I, I desire your truth. Show me your truth. Show me how I live at odds with your tru- truth. And the Bible says that God is gentle in correction, right? And so we, we, we got, here, here's the beauty of this thing. Uh, we can't even find our way through deceptions without relying on the Holy Spirit coming to us and through us in prayer to give us the guidance. And so we don't have to do any of this by ourselves. That's the good news. Somebody ought to say hallelujah. That's the good news. Well, that's what I want to say. Well, okay, but but this kind of goes along. All right, so I need to share this. And it was not, I I have no room. I should not. And I am shooting on myself right now, Brene Brown. You're saying should for the listeners. I'm saying should for the listeners. (laughs) Uh, You know, Brene Brown says you shouldn't should on yourself. Get it? Okay. Anyway. I, you know, we all watched the Super Bowl, uh, and many of us probably saw the hundred million dollar advertisement campaign of the Jesus Jesus gets us. And you know what? I'm so grateful for it because I feel like it centered on Jesus. And yet, I happen to know that some of the people who paid for that campaign are often ones who are very alienating and treat people less than. And I, I. I I'm sorry I'm critical because I should be praising and saying, awesome, that was really awesome evangelism. And yet I do wonder what responsibilities we have to demonstrate the fact that we're living like Jesus is at our center as Jesus followers. So I don't know what kind of questions I have. I'm just, I every, you, everything you just said brought that idea of the Jesus Gets Us campaign. And I don't know if you, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I, I like you. I am grateful um, that that people are uh, working on such a compelling ad campaign that that see at least in the instances that I have seen it uh, seems to be pointing us in the direction of the Jesus of the Bible. Uh, Jesus was uh, rejected, and uh, Jesus spent time with young people. And, you know, Jesus' family, were, they knew what it was to be an immigrant, all those sorts of things. I'm so grateful for that. I don't know enough about the people who contribute to that campaign to really to, to comment on it. But I, I think that, you know, so all I can say is, is that somehow uh, an ad campaign has been developed and resources have been, you know, accumulated uh, so that we can keep, we can get Jesus, you know, you know uh, his name. Uh, and his story, you know, before, you know, literally millions of eyeballs, you know, as the world watched the Super Bowl. For that, I'm glad. Uh-huh. And I, I don't know in, enough about the rest of it to, to comment. Okay. That's fair. Then I have nothing more to say to you, Bishop. No. <laughs> 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 I'm just teasing. There's so much more to say, of course. Yeah. So maybe we'll have to unpack that in the next episode. Another time. Sure. Happily. <laughs> happily. Happily. Bishop, as always, we're grateful. We're grateful for you. And we're, li- we're grateful for our listeners, for listening to poor people. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. Please subscribe, leave a review, and we'll be back with you next week.